I grudge them, grudge the man, you know. I threw him a fight for black liberation. And him a one true warrior. Them I want to try to stop him. But them can't stop the man. Them can't stop Raheem Shabazz. That's why anytime me want to listen to revolutionary liberation vibes, me tune into Necessary Blackness podcast. Me not hear them like a Yaga Yaga podcast them. I be your Necessary Blackness me rock with. Anytime me want your true warrior talking. Peace and Black Power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast and today we got a special guest in the building family and she is no stranger to the Necessary Blackness Podcast, she has been on this podcast before and that individual I am talking about is no other than Maria Lloyd and she is the author of Words of Wealth. Now let me give y'all a little backstory about Maria. Maria is the owner of Management 24, a copywriting firm that has taken clients from zero to seven, an estimated seven figures. I didn't say six. I didn't say five. I said seven figures, family. So, Maria, welcome to the Necessary Blackness Podcast. What's going on? Nothing much, Rod. Thank you so much, as always, for having me. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. It is a pleasure because I know today you are going to drop some jewels. You're going to talk about customer relationship management, how to stay on Facebook good side, Mm -hmm. how to upscale your business, and how to become an entrepreneur. Now, in 2021, I tell people all the time, this is the largest transfer of wealth for this generation. So people have a lot of disposable money that they can use to invest mm-hmm. and start a business and to leverage their business. How has, even with the pandemic, how has that been for you as far as clients? It's been pretty good because um, actually the data shows that email marketing, revenue from email marketing has gone up by 87%. Wow. Um, and that was actually as of maybe April of 2020. So um, even then they said that there were no signs of it slowing down. Um, So clients are happy. I'm happy. I got, you know, bigger clients this year um, or last year rather. So yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a win. It's been a win. All right, let's get right into it. I want to talk about this book, Words of Wealth. A Beginner's Guide to Writing Profitable Copy for Email Marketing and Facebook Ads. What was the inception behind doing this book and how has the uh, response been so far? So I've been a copywriter, a professional copywriter for nearly... Make sure you put that in there, professional. Yes, a professional, meaning I have been getting paid to write copy since 2004. Oh. So that's almost 20 years. It started freshman year, Clark Atlanta University. Shout out to my alma mater. Um, started freshman year, I was getting paid to write bios for aspiring artists. I was paid to copy edit for entertainment attorneys. Uh, some of those attorneys include Youngblood's attorney, which was actually one of the artist's father. He's an attorney. Um, and then also Ludacris's attorney at the time, uh, Dr. Um, Ashborn, he was also a professor at Morris Brown College as well. So my career started very young. 
What really kind of pushed me to realize that there's a market for words or wealth is I was having a conversation with a friend who's also an entrepreneur. And she asked me, why haven't you launched a course teaching people how to, you know, do email marketing? And you know how it is. Sometimes you can't see what was the saying? You can't see the forest for the trees, yes, right? Yes. So because I've been doing this for so long, in my mind, I'm like, it's email marketing. Like, it's easy. Just yeah. do it, you know? And so she said, I tell you what, walk me through your process for putting together an email. So I'm like, all right, when I put together an email for starters, I always make sure that the subject heading is not more than 10 words. I also try to include some sort of descriptive adjective. And I also try to include a verb or two. And she said, see, I never knew that. She said, there is no way I would have ever known that. And I was like, really? And so I just started kind of paying attention to conversations online and in person with my friends who are all entrepreneurs as well. And it became very evident to me that a lot of things that I considered were basic techniques for email marketing, people weren't aware of them because they're not copywriters. I'm the copywriter, right? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's literally what led me to go ahead and, and author Words Are Wealth. Now, I know at one time email was like the rave of everything. Mm-hmm. Some people believe that email is not as effective as it was prior to that, as you know, with the advent of Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, it's kind of like we're not using emails no more due to the spam and things like that. That is a misnomer. Mm-hmm. Emails is as relevant today as ever. Can you give us a few samples of why emails are still relevant? Well, for starters, email is one of the most formidable and consistent um, electronic means of communication that we've had since we've stepped into this digital world, right? I mean, Uh, if you think about it, email really is like the dinosaur of this whole E... um, Right, exactly. This E ecosystem or whatever I'm trying to... Ecosystem or whatever I'm trying to say. So that's number one. Like Email has pioneered our communications online. Um, And it just keeps... It keeps giving. It has not fallen off. Like At least we can say... I mean, I'm here for Facebook ads. I'm not trying to like blast them or anything. I I believe in Facebook ads, but with email, you're not really necessarily worried about algorithm changes. Like, you know, Uh Facebook will shut your account down. They'll switch up the algorithm super fast with email. Yes. There was a point in time where Gmail made a drastic change and started separating your promotions, emails from your inbox and all of that. But most like by and large, you can still get a lot of traction from email and a lot of sales occur as a result of people getting your emails. So it's just something about that medium. It's very personal Mm -hmm. and it's not, it just has not shown any signs of slowing down. Like you said, I mean, it's definitely a huge misconception when people are like, Oh, email is dead. And I talk about that in the book. Like, no, it's far from dead. I mean, email is alive and well, it's thriving. There are more people on email than there are social media. And mind you, Facebook is the largest social media platform in the world with more than three point, I think it was 3.7 million people engaging on a daily basis. Email has more than that. It literally has almost every person on the planet. It's like seven point something billion people on the planet. Email has more users than Facebook and Facebook has, you know, half of the planet on it. So it's just a formidable communication channel. 
And one thing about emails, especially if you're dealing with Shopify or if you're dealing with one of those e-commerce sites, is that you can see how many people opened it. You can retarget those same yep. people. You can also, even if you have a restaurant in a certain geographical location, mm-hmm. you can target people by zip code. Okay, yep. I just want to target people that's within a 25-mile radius. Yep. So you zeroing in on your... um. Your, your demographics, mm-hmm. you know, and then if you're not spamming people and, and you got an organic email list, uh, one of the things that I learned is that you can actually see who's your avatar is. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, email, to your point, you know, people don't understand that email addresses have a multi-use. If I get your email address, okay, one way I can use that is I can send you emails. Okay. That's low hanging fruit. But the other way that you can use that email address is to build a custom audience when you are actually pushing ads on the Google ad network or even Facebook. Mm, So mm. people don't know that like email addresses have a multi-use. It's not just to email people. You can use it to also build your audience for other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is a quote, right? And your book starts off with this quote, and I heard it several times. And I want to just read this to the audience, right? This quote says... The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who can't read and write, but those who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. See, we we, we got to learn this copywriting game. We got to learn this marketing game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we got to be able to upscale our business. Now, you may say, well, Raheem, I want to be in business, but copywriting ain't my forte. Guess what? It doesn't have to be because... Maria Lloyd is here to help you, and we're going to take a commercial break and come right back, and we're going to get into some other things, and she's going to tell you how she can help you and upscale your business. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, The School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, and the newest release, 
Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz. And for those that are just joining us, we are back with Maria Lloyd. And we just came back from our quick commercial break. For those that are hearing this on YouTube or watching this on YouTube, I want you to smash that like button. Make sure you share this with your friends, your subscribers. If you're on Facebook, make sure you share this as well. Because algorithm is everything when it comes to these social media sites. So we're back and um, we want to talk about some more things that are pertinent to upscaling your business and being the best that you can be as an entrepreneur. So Maria, I want you to talk a little bit about being a copywriter. Mm-hmm. Do you have to be a good writer in order to be a copywriter? No, not at all. So that is a huge misconception. People think you have to be a grammar geek to write good copy. And the truth is you really don't. Um, there are actually instances in which I purposely dis or not disobey, but break the rules of grammar to empathize more with the audience that I'm speaking to. So um, that is one of the biggest misconceptions is that you have to be a good writer. You do not have to be a good writer to write good copy or profitable copy. Mm. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. If you had the fear of writing a copyright ad because you are not the best writer, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I mean, think about when we are messaging our friends through Facebook Messenger or text message or whatever, we're not checking for grammar, but we can still get our point across. And that's the same thing with copywriting. You don't have to be a grammar geek. You can still get your as long as people know what the hell you're talking about, (laughs) you're good to go. So, I mean, you don't have to know how to spell words correctly. Your sentences don't have to be put together perfectly. But as long as you're able to get your point across and your audience is able to understand it, you're good to go. And then they also got Grammarly. You know about that? They do. Yes. And then they got spell check. You, yep. Spell check, all that. So listen, you got all All the the help in the world. Yep. It's like a cheat sheet. But listen, even if that's not good for you, guess what? You can reach out to Maria and she could do it for you. Yes, facts. For a small fee, though, because let me tell you something. Freedom ain't free, and this is a business. She's a businesswoman. 20 years in the game. Yep, almost. Almost 20 years. That's a long time. And you know, one thing I just thought about too, Ra, is that people confuse copyright spelled with a W and copyright spelled with an R. So I forgot to bring that up, too. If copyright it's not with a W, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. but there are there's so okay. There's two copy. Yes. Oh, copyright. Like if you own the rights to it. Yes. Oh yeah, I know. About people that. confuse that all the time. So, so like they people, think that you can get their songs copyrighted. Yes, they come up to me all the time. They'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you're a copywriter." Oh, okay, good, because I just wrote this book of poetry. Can you copyright it for me? I'm like, no, you've done the copywriting, <laughs> right? So okay, like you just said. Copyright spelled with an R is legal claim of your work. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Copyright spelled with a W, w. is writing with the intent of selling something. 
And mind you, if I copyright a speech for a politician, uh-huh. I'm selling his audience or his constituents on a vision. It's not always a fiscal exchange. It doesn't mean as a copywriter, every single time I pick up my pen or every time I get on the computer and I type that I'm looking for money. Sometimes I'm just selling you on a vision. I might be selling you on the next step you need to take. I might be selling you on an idea. It's not always a fiscal transaction. So that's the difference between copyright spelled with a W, which is what I am. I'm a copywriter spelled with a W. That means I write with the intent of selling something versus copyright spelled with an R, which is a legal claim of a body of work. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. She just broke down the difference. So now let's get back to email because email is something that I think that everybody should utilize in their marketing, no matter what uh, segment of the industry you are dealing with. Emails is always going to be here. Let me ask you a question. I I see a lot of people are big on um, text. You know, right. you get a text mm-hmm. to your phone, right? And I've been reading certain, uh, you know, magazines mm-hmm. on, on advertisement. And one of the things they said is that texting is, the open rate is 90% better than emails because we glue to our phone. Like, you know, we have our phone with us 24 hours a day. But like with email, we might check it once or twice a day. But with the cell phone, we always doing text. Do you do copywriting for text uh, for, for for text on the phone as well? It's not Definitely. just email, right? Right, I do. So here's the here's the thing that people don't talk about with text message marketing because I do text message marketing as well. Every time I do a presentation, I have people text a number or text the word slides to a number. So that way they can automatically get my slides from the presentation. So what they don't tell you is yes, the open rates are incredible with text Uh message marketing, right? But the unsubscribe rates are equally as high because Uh. like you said, we're glued to our phones all the time. Do you really want to be getting a text message daily or even weekly from some brand you interacted with? I mean, that's kind of, you know, we use text for more uh, personal, intimate, Dialogue. Yeah, These are absolutely. people that we know, right? But you don't necessarily want to hear from Apple or you know my company, Management Twenty Four, or you don't necessarily want to hear from a brand if via text. Giving away the free Apple phones. <laughs> well, yeah. Now we know that ain't happening though. Nah. But you know, I mean, even with that, still, like, if you were getting a text from Apple every day, you'll be oh, nah, you'll be done be, with that, I'll, you yeah, know. I'll be so five high. right. So the unsubscribe rates are super high. The open rates are super high too. But again, I mean, what's the point if after one or two text messages from your brand, people are going to unsubscribe anyway. So what I do is I encourage my clients and I do this as well with my company is I will send one text message. Initially, when you subscribe to my list, I'll send one text message to confirm your subscription, but then I'll also send you a text asking for you to check your email. Mm. So, you know, I do it like that, but very, very sparingly. I mean, I might send my list a text message once every, you know, quarter. Like I try to use that very nominally because again, like people, they don't want to hear from a freaking company via text. They want to hear from their friends, you know? That's good that you, um, that you said that because I know a lot of people are starting to rely on text. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm starting to get some of it, and I'm like, I, I never even gave these people my number. Right. Like, well, you know. So I, I ask you to press stop. You know, right? Yep. Stop, and I do it immediately. Yeah. So <laughs> those that are gonna utilize it, make sure you do it in the manner as prescribed. If not, you're gonna fumble that bag. Not only are you gonna lose that individual from your uh, text. You might lose them from your email too. Yeah. And that could have been a prospect, a potential customer. Speaking about losing a customer, tell me about audience segmentation. So audience segmentation is basically the act of separating your audience based on their interest, right? So for example, let's say that you come to my website, you fill out my contact form to join my email list. And I may email you about services related to copywriting as it relates to email marketing. I may email you about services as it relates to CRM marketing automation. I may email you as it relates to writing copy for Facebook ads. Based on your behavior from those emails, that will then allow me to segment you based on your interest. So if I send you an email about email for, I'm sorry, copywriting for email marketing, and you don't respond to that, but you do click on links that are related to copywriting for Facebook ads. Well, now I know more than likely you're interested in content that only relates to Facebook ads, not necessarily Mm. email marketing, not necessarily CRM automation, right? Marketing automation. So I am now going to segment you and put you in the bucket of people who is interest who are interested in Facebook ads. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can, to your point, you know, about not losing your uh, customer. A lot of people will send these uh, broad emails out to everybody on their list, but everybody doesn't have the same interest. Absolutely. So unless you're selling just one product or service, I mean, if you're literally just selling like one signature thing, you really do need to start segmenting your audience so that way you can know how to talk to them. Um, one example I always use is if you own a pet store and you want to run a sale on cat food. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want to send emails to a dog owner talking about the sale on your cat food, right? That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And now you're going to annoy the dog on- owner because they're like, what the hell are you sending me emails You know about cat food? I, I have a dog. And they probably don't even like cats. See? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, sense. that's why audience segmentation is so important because it allows you to silo your audience <laughs> and really tailor your communications with them in a way that makes them feel like you are really connected to them when really, you, you know, you, you, you probably typed that email a year ago and it's just not going out today. But nevertheless, your audience, your recipients feel connected to you because they know that you know their interests. And that's the good thing about emails. If you write a good email, a lot of it's timeless. Yep. You can, you know, uh, repurpose that mm-hmm. email, you know, maybe yep. six months later, use the same email. Literally. Yep. And um, get them numbers up. Yep. All right. So we talked about copyright, where it's uh, pronounced the same, but spelled different. One with a W, one with an R. Mm-hmm. We spoke about audience segmentation and the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Now, you and me was talking earlier, and, and you told me about this acronym, uh, Q. And Q is a content strategy. It's one of your strategies. Mm-hmm. Many people don't know about this. 
This is the secret sauce, y'all. Yes, it is. And she's going to let y'all know right here on Necessary Blackness Podcast about this secret sauce. But listen, just because you got the seasoning don't mean you got the sauce. You're going to have to buy the book to get the sauce. So I want you to just sprinkle a little bit of seasoning on them. Okay. And tell us about cute content strategy. So a lot of times when I talk to a prospective client, one of the most common questions I get is, what do I say, right? If I'm interested in communicating with my audience, whether they are customers or prospective customers, what do I say to them in an email? What do I say to them in a Facebook ad? What do I say to them in a text message, right? And so I developed this strategy years ago, um, and I, I, I kept it very close to my chest. And basically, it is the cute content strategy. As you said, Ra, it's an acronym. And the C in cute stands for current news. The U stands for urgent news. The T stands for tips and advice. And the E stands for events. So here's what I do. When I am trying to figure out what do I want to write in an email for either my audience or my client's audience, the first thing I do is look at current news. What is happening in that industry that is relevant to my client's audience, right? Or my client's products or services. What, it, what is happening right now in the current news realm that I can inject my, uh, my uh, client's voice or opinion about? Um, another thing, urgent news. So with urgent news, that is something that has an immediate impact on my clients, customers, or on my audience. For example, let's say that my clients had some sort of administrative change, uh, a new president, somebody has resigned abruptly. Mm -hmm. If that has an effect on their customers, they need to know that as soon as possible. Another example would be, let's say my clients accounts, their database has been compromised. So all of their customers, email addresses and, and credit card numbers, have potentially been stolen by hackers, right? That is urgent news that they need to get out to their audience as soon as possible. Tips and advice is pretty self-explanatory, but for example, when somebody writes a testimonial and they say, oh my gosh, you know, like for example, with words or wealth, I've gotten some feedback from people. And one of the things that I've gotten from them was they love the examples in the book. You know, it's one thing to read what you should do when it comes to copywriting for email marketing or Facebook ads, but when you can actually see real life examples of what I have done for my clients, mm -hmm. it really brings it home, right? That kind of feedback that I've gotten from readers of the book helps me with my marketing. Mm -hmm. I can turn around and use that in my email marketing to other people who bought the book and say, hey, you know, make sure you check out those examples and use them with your audience and, and give me feedback and let me know if it worked for you the way it worked for me or my clients, right? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Another thing is events. So an event, a lot of times people think that an event has to be, you know, something live. Um, hey, you know, we're doing this webinar, you know, join the webinar. But no, an event can actually be a holiday. So for example, personally, I love Malcolm X. Okay. So his birthday, although it's not nationally recognized as a holiday at the federal level, it's a holiday for me. It's an event for me. So Absolutely. I send out email communications. I make posts about Malcolm X on his birthday. That is an event. So you can actually 
write emails that are related to an event. Again, you can choose what that event is. It may be a semi-annual sale that you host only once a year, right? Um, it could be whatever. It may be the anniversary of your company's existence. Whatever it is, you can turn that into an event and promote that via email. So that is the cute content strategy. And again, it's something I've held very close to my chest, not necessarily intentional. intentionally. I've just never shared it until I wrote the book. Um, and a wise person once said that when you're giving away, not giving away, but when you're creating something of value, if you don't feel uncomfortable, then you're probably not giving away good value, right? People aren't going to get value from it. And I can honestly admit, while writing words are wealth, there were many instances in which I became a, a bit uncomfortable because I'm like, oh my gosh, these are literally all of my secrets. There's no stone unturned. Wow. I have literally put every single thing that I do when I am working on a client's account or my own account, I put every single strategy in that book. So there were moments where I honestly felt very uncomfortable, but I know that my discomfort is actually going to be super valuable for the readers. For other people. Exactly. Absolutely. And I'm okay with that. That's good. That, that, that shows a lot about who you is as a person. And I already seen before I even possessed the book, the testimonials on your Facebook feed. And um, that's what made me want to read the book in addition to wanting to support you and be your friend. And Thank also you. to use this worthy advice to upscale my business. Absolutely. Because you taking people from zero to seven figures. And estimated. Estimated <laughs> gotta seven add estimated. figures. And um, I need to get there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I definitely need to get there. So, Maria... Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that you want to say in your last closing words? Well, one thing I will say is like, I know I just shared, you know, I just added the whole estimated piece. Right. And the reason why I did that is because early on in my career, I made a, a really bad mistake. And that mistake was I never tracked the results. And I talk about that in the, in the book, how important that is. Failure to track your results when you implement the techniques that are listed in the book is really like driving blindfolded. You don't know when you're running out of fuel. You don't know if you're going in the right direction. You know, you don't know if you need to make a turn. And mm. so that's why I have to add estimated whenever I say, okay, I've taken clients from zero to seven figures because sadly in the beginning, I wasn't consistent about tracking the results. And so I have to go off of just instances of having kind of passive conversation with clients and in which they were, you, I'm a millionaire. Now. Right. Exactly. You know, then they'll reveal to me, Oh, you know, I, I made X amount of money this month. And you know, you know, when you were saying, um, estimated, it was almost like you were saying allegedly. So I thought you were saying that for, uh, tax based purposes, but you actually that too. Saying, she said that too. Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. But no, seriously. Yeah. I mean, like I said, sadly, in the beginning, I did such a poor job of actually tracking that I can't definitively say, although I know, but I can't definitively say like, oh, yeah, I took these people to a million dollars to seven figures because, again, I really did not consistently track. Yeah. So that's why I have to say estimated so that I don't get, you know, targeted by the IRS and maybe some disgruntled individuals. Well, I'll tell you this, right? If you take me to seven figures... I'm going on the highest mountain, and I'm letting everybody know. So you listen. We ain't got to worry about you not tracking it. 
They gonna know. Hey, I appreciate that. They and I, I do know. love my clients. My clients actually do uh, shout me out often, especially in Clubhouse. I know um, Andre Hatchett, who's been my longest client. Oh, actually. yeah. Shout out to Andre. Yes. So, I mean, he literally was in Clubhouse like, yo, I make, you know, you know, five figures a month because of her. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I'm, I feel very humbled and grateful. To That's why he didn't answer my calls. That might be, man. Hey, he, he, he's going to the bank. He ain't got time to be talking. Yeah, he's a busy man nowadays. <laughs> he's a busy man he nowadays. Is. So, Maria, it was a pleasure interviewing you. There's going to be a lot of people that review this podcast, and they're going to want to know how they could get in contact with you on social media. So, real quickly, um, I want you to give everybody a social media handle. And um, let them know how they can get in contact with you. Serious inquiries only. Yes, please. So, uh, Facebook. Uh, you could literally just hit me up. Facebook.com forward slash words are wealth. Um, that'll take you directly to the fan page for words are wealth. And I do check that. I also have an executive assistant who checks it. So um, between the two of us, I know that I will definitely get back to you some way, somehow um, on IG. My handle there is meeting Maria. Um, so literally just like, you know, meeting me, um, meeting Maria and email is info at words Okay, there you have it. Necessary Blackness family. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and I will see you next time, next week, but probably not in the same place. I'll probably be remotely uh, doing a podcast from a different location. Who knows? I got to get out and travel more. But Maria, thank you for stopping by. It was a pleasure. Thank Make you sure y'all go. Now, how can they get the book? How can they get yes. the book? Yes. So, Words Are Wealth. Um, you can actually purchase it on the website, which is wordsarewealth.com. Uh, a lot of people have been asking me if there is a Kindle version or an ebook version. There is. So, when you go to wordsarewealth.com, there's a button for you to click if you want the paperback version, which is not sold on Amazon, or the ebook version, which is sold on Amazon. So if you click on the, the button that says ebook, it will take you directly to the Amazon page for Words Are Wealth. So again, the website, if you're interested in getting the book, whether it's paperback or ebook, just go to wordsarewealth.com and click on the button of your preferred delivery. Paperback or ebook? Now, let me ask you a question. Why is the paperback not available on Amazon? If you don't mind uh, me asking. No, I don't mind you asking at all. So, honestly, I just don't get it. Like, it seems like Amazon is trying to force you to use their uh, KDP or, um, I forgot what it's called, not Create Space. They bought it out. It's KDP. Yeah, so I remember they were doing Create Space. Mm -hmm. Now they got something different. They're trying to do It's called Kindle Direct Publishing, where it's they will publish it for demand. you. Exactly. Which is, I mean, it's a great, you know, business model. It actually makes more sense to go that route. But they take my, the lion's share of the money. Not even the lion's share. It's actually a, a pretty fair amount. But the reason why I didn't go through them for the paperback version is because of the way I designed the cover. See, they don't give you that kind of 
design. And for those of you who are listening, what I'm referring to is I have something on the cover that is referred to as 3D gold foil printing. Mm. So that's why I did not go through Amazon for the paperback version because this type of printing is only offered at so just a like a small number of uh, printing comp- companies, excuse me. So because of that, uh, once I realized Amazon wouldn't give me that, plus the cover is matte. It's not yeah, like the that. slick um, cover. I forgot what the other one's called, uh, Luminator, whatever it is. But mine is is matte. So because I have this special kind of uh, cover, I decided to go with a printer and not go with one that would uh, print on demand because mm. the book is just made. The cover is made very different from your uh, your average cover. And I could definitely see this, like this uh, metallic gold. Yes. And and you could just feel like, yeah, this is this is a good book. Well worth his money. Thank um, you. Just the cover alone is um captivating. And you probably wouldn't have got that with Amazon. No. So I tried. I, I definitely understand. Now also, and I don't want to keep you here because uh your guest is over there and she is um ready to go. <laughs> but listen, um a lot of people that are not following you on Facebook don't know that every Wednesday that you have a group that comes together mm-hmm. and a lot of jewels and gems is being dropped, a lot of connections is being made, a lot of hands is being shaped, and um, there is not only an exchange of ideas, people are doing business with one another, yep. black folks at that, right? Um, no drama. Just um, a group of individuals. Um, you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Is that that's not that's not uh, uh, for the public, right? Is it? Oh, it is. It I mean, is? it is. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's I've given it a name. <laughs> um, it's called the Facebook Networking Mixer. Every Wednesday night, eight p.m. Eastern. Uh, we are actually approaching one year of doing wow. that. So. It started last year, April 2020. Um, at that point, we Just were all on lockdown. Pandemic, right? Exactly. You're right. You know, um, we were all on lockdown. I think at that point, we had been on lockdown for maybe two or three weeks. And so I was just having a bit of cabin fever because I'm an omnivert. Um, I'm introverted and I'm extroverted. And mm. so the social side of me, the extrovert, was really longing for some human engagement. Um, I really just longed for, I'm like, dang, man, I I need, I want to network. Like I want to meet some people. So I literally read an article back in 2000, I believe 14, where this Australian man met up with all of his Facebook friends, people he'd never met before. He traveled around the world, met up with all his Facebook friends in person over coffee. And from that, he established some business relationships. I think he even ended up dating somebody as a result of that. So once the pandemic hit, I said, you know what? I'm about to do the same thing Buddy did because I thought that idea was clever. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and I made an announcement on my Facebook page. I was like, hey, um, you know, I want to use this opportunity to network. I know that all of us are social distancing. So I think this is a great opportunity for us to connect. Um, And so I posted it. And I think on the first call, there were about maybe a little under 30 people. Um, Second call, 
about the same. And here we are fast forward to, you know, April, 2021. And I would say on average, it's about the same, really. It's about 15 to 20 people that come on. Like you mentioned, we've broken bread with each other. Um, I have personally made at least four figures as a result of the relationships that have been forged through uh, the networking mixer. And it's just a beautiful thing. We're really a family at this point because we've, we've been riding with each other now for a year. And it's just a beautiful um, synergistic uh, you know, relationship and flow. It's a vibe. So we kick off every Wednesday night. We do introductions. We've had people as far as um, uh, the UK, my boy Kabuka comes on on Wednesdays. It's like three o'clock in the morning when he comes on. Yeah. Um, we've had people in the Netherlands come on. We've had people from Malawi come on. I mean, Nigeria, you know, I mean, literally all over the world. It's not even just the U.S. People coming on from all over the planet, forging relationships, breaking bread together. It's just a beautiful thing. And I was, I, I, I can brag and say I, I was one of the early uh, participants. Yes. And um, I, I definitely got to get back in the group. Because she will post a highlight and tell you just uh, bullet points about what was discussed. And I'm always like, man, I missed it. Man, I missed it. And, and, and the sad part is none of this is recorded live. If you didn't join, yeah. there's no replay. There's nope. no archive footage. Nope. You, you just missed out. And, you know, I do that for a purpose, Rob, because I want people to feel... First of all, I want authenticity. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And so I want you to feel comfortable when you're on the call. If you know the calls are being recorded, and it's probably why Clubhouse got so popular. You know, if you know the calls are being recorded, you're going to hold back a little bit. And so I believe that's probably why Clubhouse doesn't, you know, I think they're about to start doing it or something, but that's probably why they started their platform not recording anything mm -hmm. because they know people tend to be a lot more reserved when they know that they're being recorded, when they know that that, that conversation can be tracked Absolutely. and it can follow them. So I have made it a point to not record. We have never recorded a single session. And here we are again, we have been meeting every single Wednesday since April, 2020 and not a single conversation has been recorded. And the beautiful thing about it is, you ain't got no one screaming, one mic, one mic, because no one's talking over each other. There's never really an argument, um, maybe a spirited debate or something mm -hmm. like that. But at the end of the day, everyone is family and everyone is, is, is respectful. So in addition to going and purchasing uh, Maria's book, you can also go and you know engage with her on Facebook. So, family, go out and get Words of Wealth by Maria A. Lloyd and make sure you get more information and you check her out on meetmaria.com. All right, family, we out of here this time. Peace and black power. Peace.